The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3, and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at jeezcomingsoon.org. Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street. It is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple of Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lafam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Monsignor, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a spirit-inspiring song entitled, Reach Out and Touch. They will be able to come by Edith Matsuki on the piano and yours truly on the organ. It is comforting to know that the Lord is always by our side, hearing our prayers and faintest whispers. 
we can be assured that He is only a prayer away and will be there to deliver us in time of trouble. Extend your hands and hearts and reach out to Jesus, for He is surely reaching out to you. church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled 
Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Yes, TV viewers, as we surrender all to Jesus and put our faith, hope, and trust in His hands, heaven will surely come into our hearts and fill our souls with peace and joy. Jesus is our Lord and Comforter, and all praises and glory goes to His name. Our soulless for today is Associate Pastor Seth Makanasano Sr., who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song titled, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. Doing his background music with Bittiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Brooks Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. The words to this song are so touching and exhibit that our Lord and Savior is the only one who knows what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what the future has in store for us, but as we put our faith, hope, and trust in the Lord, we do know that our future will be blessed and bright with Jesus by our side. He is there to hold our hands through the dark and trying times and make a way to victory. 
when there seems to be no way. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from its sunshine For its skies may turn to grey I don't worry all the future For I know what Jesus said and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know step is getting brighter as the golden stairs I climb every burden's getting lighter every cloud is silver lined there the sun is always shining there no tear will dim the eye at the end It may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me. And I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know. The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, I'm Going to Keep Walking. Our walk with the Lord brings much happiness as we put our hands in His and let Him guide our daily paths. 
We press onward and forward to victory. As the words to the song goes, I'm going to keep walking and keep talking and keep singing in Jesus' name. I'm going to keep believing and receiving everything that he has for me. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen. Thank you. 
blessed to hear from the church orchestra who will play the toe-tapping song entitled, We'll Work Till Jesus Comes. They will be able to accompany by yours truly on the piano and members of the flute and string section of the band. We should put our soldiers shoulders to the gospel work and be up and doing in the Lord's work. The Lord is smiling down upon us as we put him first in our daily lives. With a rejoicing heart, we seek the Lord for his great goodness, mercy, and strength. Associate Pastor Marvin and Mrs. Sherilyn Bing will now blend their voices to the song entitled Spirit Song. To our faithful viewers out there, let the Lord have his way in your lives. Let the love of the Lord fill your hearts and satisfy your souls. Let the Lord enfold you with his spirit and his love. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a dear sister in Christ, Mrs. Sherilyn Puaha of Molokai. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you all the days of your life as you press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful Sunday.
Son of God and full you with His Spirit and His love. Let Him fill your heart and satisfy your soul.
I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Hawaii, by Pastor Hannibal Esper in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esper in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. A practicing Christian pays careful attention to these, those gospel details, which are necessary in his daily life, if he expects to be a part of the rapture, when Jesus returns and calls the glory for his very own. I am certain, television viewers, that if you are like me, you do not want to be left behind. You do not want to be counted among the multitudes who fail to acquire their salvation through the simple act of water baptism in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it would be a great gain spiritually if you took this time to partake in the reading of God's Word during the presentation of my sermon, which I have entitled, Have We Lost Sight of Heaven? Heaven becomes the final destination for everyone who has been born again of water and of the Spirit. The bride of Christ will enter heaven through the translation and will forever be with Jesus. 
cell will enter through the first resurrection when the tribulation period is completed, making them palm weavers. After that, the earth and sea will give up their dead to be judged by Jesus for their works at the great white throne judgment. The faithful should have an overwhelming desire to be found worthy to be part of the translation or rapture, as it is most often referred to. Is the rapture possible? By all means, but the participants will be minimal. Let us read in Proverbs 25, 7. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither. The scripture gives us two examples which assure us that the rapture will take place. These examples confirm the promise that was made to all believers past, present, and or future, and especially for those who are living in the last days. These symbolize that not only the dead, but more so the living, will be translated. That is addressed at the first resurrection. Why? It is because he is a God of the living and not of the dead. As was with Enoch and Elijah, the church is expected to be laboring enthusiastically in promoting his righteousness and promises. At the beginning of the Old Testament, Enoch was raptured because his life proved worthy of the reward. Enoch was blessed and escaped physical and spiritual death because of his faith. Let us read in Hebrews 11:5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Midway of the Old Testament, there was an appointed day for Elijah to be caught up into heaven. Elijah did not know when it would take place, but he was given foreknowledge of the event promised to him, likened to the promise of eternal life given to us in the gospel. The scripture tells us that there would be an appointed day when Elijah would be taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. However, though having knowledge of this heavenly reward, Elijah did not sit back on his laurels waiting impatiently. Elijah personified what the church should be doing today. Elijah labored intensively, preaching until the day arrived. No one else in the Old Testament has been caught up into heaven. Not even Elijah was raptured. He, being a faithful apprentice of Elijah and who witnessed Elijah depart, barged into heaven, died of a sickness. However, in his life, he labored faithfully, embracing the promise that he too would be raptured. The problem with many believers today is that perhaps they have lost sight or have gotten off track regarding heaven. Believers must be mindful of the fact that entrance into the heaven will be restricted. Bearing that thought in mind, they should not take their salvation for granted. After being expelled from the Garden of Eden, a flaming sword prevented Adam and Eve from re-entering the Garden of Eden. The flaming sword is the Word of God. Liking to a two-edged sword, the Word of God serves a dual purpose. First, it will prevent sin and unrighteousness from entering, and second, it prepares believers for a safe and assured passage. The promise Jesus left every born-again Christian is that he will return in like manner. When Jesus does return to assemble the members that make up his body, will you be ready to meet him? The Bible tells us that the key to the kingdom of God is the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the New Testament. They were holy and God-fearing men. In other words, these men were spirit-directed. The Holy Spirit granted them the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding needed to scribe the message that was necessary for all of mankind to hear and acknowledge. For nearly 2,000 years, people, nations, and governments have tried to understand who Jesus is. Some thought of him as a prophet, similar to those of the Old Testament. Such was the case when Jesus discussed the subject with his disciples while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. Others believed that he was just one of many paths that eventually led to the kingdom of God. However, very few believed and accepted that Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of Man, 
and God in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Let us read in Luke 4, 16 to 21. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is a scripture fulfilled in your eyes. The council assembled in the synagogue on that day was indeed blessed with the presence of God. They were no doubt amazed at the words which Jesus spoke. Previous signs and wonders that were performed at his hand confirmed every word he spoke. Thus the statement Jesus made was plain and precise. He was the promised Messiah and the hope of Israel and the one to whom they looked and prayed to for deliverance and salvation. Jesus preached, The time is now. Today is the day of salvation, if you will hear my voice. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only key to the kingdom of God. It is simple in nature and in content, though its origin is of God, and its understanding is unsearchable. The gospel does not favor any one race or culture, because in the eyes of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Lord is not a respecter of persons. Jew or Gentile, born or free, male or female, Everyone must acknowledge and repent of their sins and come to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Through the test of time and through the efforts of spirit-filled and conscious pastors, the gospel has maintained its integrity and remains intact as it was on the first day it was preached by Jesus because of God-fearing and Holy Ghost-inspired pastors. The gospel is good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. On a particular night, a dramatic change took place within the heart of a God-fearing man. His name was Nicodemus, and he was by profession a Pharisee. He learned how traditions or a person's religion could not save him. However, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, eternal life and incorruptibility of his human body was brought to knowledge and made achievable. Let's read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is only one explanation to this scripture, which is a quote from verse 7. He must be born again. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism was never omitted from salvation, and in the Lord's eyes, it continues to remain an integral part in His plan of salvation. Over a period of time, baptism has been omitted or made into an option. A convert can choose or not choose. In my opinion, when there is an absence of the Holy Ghost, there is also an absence of righteousness, discipline, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. Turn to 1 Peter 3.21, we read, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
I cannot overemphasize the point that faith and obedience are required to have our souls saved from the consequences of sin. The New Testament reinforces this statement as it tells us that faith without works is dead. And furthermore, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. It is unfortunate that this world will remain unsaved due to its negligence and ignorance. Paul concluded the Jews as being unsaved because of their lack of knowledge. The Pharisees continued to object to the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist. Because they refused to be baptized, they lacked faith, foresight, and understanding. Salvation has been simplified for our sake. No longer do we have to celebrate feasts or offer sacrifices for sin. All that is required is to turn to Jesus Christ and keep his commandments. To reinforce, reinforce this point, let us read to Naaman, Naaman of 2 Kings chapter 5, desired to be healed from his leprosy. We will find in this passage how the opportunity to be saved is set before us and is readily accessible. What will be learned is that we can become a hindrance to ourselves by failing in faith and obedience. The absence of humility will also prevent the eyes from seeing the simplicity of the gospel. Naaman had an arrogant heart. He desired to do some great thing and preferred the rivers of his homeland than the River Jordan. However, the healing he greatly desired was conditional. Elijah told him to go and dip himself seven times in the River Jordan, and he would be completely healed. Upon hearing the instructions, he staunchly objected and offered every reason why he need not go to Jordan. After being convinced by his servants, who lived insignificant lives, finally Naaman went to Jordan and was healed. Though to some faiths and doctrines, baptism appears to be insignificant and non-essential to salvation. It nevertheless remains an integral function in making one's peace with the Lord. In essence, it is an act of faith confirmed with works. If Naaman did not humble himself and follow God's instructions, he would not have been healed. If we do not acknowledge ourselves as sinners, we will never come to Jesus. Therefore, if we do not humble ourselves and follow the path and pattern set by the Lord, we cannot and will not be saved. Mark tells us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thus, the simplicity of the gospel confounds the wise and brings an end to their profound wisdom. On Pentecost, the apostle Peter revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And in Acts 2.38, it reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, this scripture is found in John, the third chapter, the fifth verse, and in Acts, the second chapter, the 38th verse, and Matthew 28, 19, and it complements each other. They all say the same thing. 
that ye must be born of water and of the Spirit, calling upon the name Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself, what could have generated such a huge response on this phenomenal day of Pentecost? After all, the words which Peter spoke caused 3,000 souls to be saved. That is, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Ask yourself, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they feel that could have moved so many souls to repentance? We read in Acts, the second chapter, 11 to the 12 verses and the 21st verse. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, saying to one another, What meaneth this? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What they saw and heard on that designated day was something new and marvelous. God manifested His glory in a manner never seen since the days of the prophets. What they witnessed of the Holy Ghost was never seen before. Additionally, they heard of the mouths of these impoverished Galileans in the numerous native tongues residing in Jerusalem, the wonderful works of God. Read on in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, Jesus was a given name that ranked higher than all the names of the earth. He was given a name at which every knee would bow. He was given a name that at the mention of it, the devils would fear and tremble. Thus, calling on the name of Jesus in water baptism removes the barrier which stands between man and God. Let us turn to and read 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that he receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yes, I encourage you to seize the moment of grace. Time is short, and Jesus is coming soon. Believers have so much to look forward to. The Lord will bring with him new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. In the process, our bodies will undergo a change and will be likened to that of an angel. However, in heaven, the bride of Christ will be superior to them. In heaven, the causes of that bring both death, pain, and sorrow will be no more and non-existent. At present, there is no bodily form dwelling in heaven. With the exception of Jesus Christ, Enoch and Elijah rest in the bosom of Abraham. That is the promise waiting for the day when spirit, soul, and body will be united with Jesus. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he did so with a glorified body. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 15, 47 to 53. The first man is on the earth is earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such that are also that are earthy. And as, in, as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this burden, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. One of the answers that Jesus gave to the society that preferred to ridicule the doctrine rather than to believe in it was that in heaven everything will be different. 
Mankind, earth, and heaven will not be the same as we experience today. Everything will be made better. Paul attempts to explain the change that takes place at Jesus' return. Paul carefully differentiates the earthly man and the heavenly man. The earthly man meaning man who desires to live in sin, and the heavenly man, a man who has been delivered from sin, being born again. The earthly man lusts for the things of the world, whereas the heavenly man prefers the things that come from above and desires to be with Jesus. The earthly man does what seems right in his own eyes, whereas the heavenly man desires to have his name listed amongst the saved in the Lamb's book of life. The scripture also reveals that we cannot enter into the presence of God the way we are. Physically speaking, flesh and blood cannot enter heaven. Paul uses this analogy to make the point clear. The perverseness and wickedness of man will not be rewarded with eternal life. Paul was excited about the anticipated change as many of the faithful were at the very moment. Thus, when Paul said, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed, he was tremendously inspired by the promises of God. The fate of man, that is physical death and spiritual death, as well as eternal separation from Jesus, did not deter Paul's faith at all. Paul knew that physical death was no respect of persons. Death is not avoided by the way we live or by what we have achieved in this life. The rich, poor, great, and small, man and woman has been destined to suffer physical and spiritual death. Solomon, in all his wisdom, concluded that everything in life is vanity. Solomon resolved that since we all meet the same end, that is death, mankind should release. That, that fearing God and keeping his commandments is a much better way of living. Apostle spoke of the transition in two, and in the manner it would take place. First, it would be when the Lord sounded the call. For the believer, the words, come up here, are very much anticipated. Was what's considered a mystery in ages past is now being revealed through a mouthpiece inspired by the Holy Ghost. The rapture will take place instantly and unbeknownst to the world and its unbelief. It is described as happening at the twinkling of an eye. Great events will take place. Graves will be opened and give up to the saved who have died embracing the promises. These are the corruptible dawning incorruption in the transition. The saved that are laboring upon the earth will be translated after them with both parties of saints, meaning the Lord in the air. Those who are alive and laboring in the vineyard until day's end are what Paul referred to as mortals who are donning immortality. In the end, death is conquered and the saints live on forever with Jesus. The description of heaven given by John the Beloved in the book of Revelation is food for the soul. His experience continues to inspire believers to live a life upon this earth that will be rewarded with eternal life when Jesus returns. Jesus said, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Paul also was privileged to view paradise. His description of paradise could not be put into words. As eloquent a speaker as Paul was, he admitted how the revelation of heaven to him was so wonderful that no words that he could ever utter would do justice in describing heaven. He just knew that it was wonderful, magnificent, and it was beyond words and something to look forward to. Jesus ministered to his disciples for a period of 40 days following his resurrection from the dead and then was caught up into heaven from the Mount of Olives. As he was being caught up, his arms were outstretched and his tongue spoke in tongues as he ascended. This was a blessing upon them and their first experience with the manifest of the Holy Ghost. A greater blessing was in store for them as they waited for the day of Pentecost. The church cannot afford to waver in doctrine, in ordinance, in the word of God, and in the spirit in the last days. Let us read of the negative influence the word ridicules the church with. Let us turn to and read 2 Peter 3, 1 through 4. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by of remembrance, that he may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that here shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? 
Peter spoke with confidence, knowing how easy it was for the believers to be led astray. He did not want any of the saved to be lured back into sin. After all, what kept him humble was a most regrettable experience when he denied the Lord. He did not want the same thing to happen to any members of the church, but wanted them to serve the Lord with purity, sincerity, and honesty, and reap the promise given to the church. He also assured them, regardless of the false teachers and destructive heresies, as believers, we must put everything in perspective. Time will run out, and Jesus will bring everything to a timely end. Knowing this, we must live in the Spirit of the Lord right up until the very day when He returns in clouds of glory. Jesus' return is true, and He is coming soon. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Our church band will conclude today's telecast with the song, I Believe the True Report.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.